how to win an argument. Do you be quiet or do you fight? <laughs> do you even want to have an argument? Have you ever been in an argument and thought, how the hell do I get out of this argument? Uh, do you want to live a life where you're constantly fighting, arguing, uh, robust conversations as some people call them? Or do you want to have a nice, peaceful, relaxing life where you just have great conversations with people and there's no argument, no confrontation, no aggression? And it's interesting because have you met the people who love to argue? There's just some people that seem to have an argumentative gene and doesn't matter what you say, they're just going to disagree for the sake of it. I'm not particularly interested in that kind of uh, conversation and how the hell do you get out of those if you get into one, if you don't want to get into a conversation or an argument. There's been a suggestion that if you argue with an idiot, there's now two idiots arguing. So I'm not particularly interested in being an idiot either. How about you? But what about great communication and what do you do to make sure that your conversations are pleasant, interesting, exciting, you add value to people's lives rather than argue with them. So that could be a great question to start with. Do I want to add value? When I open my mouth to speak, what do I want? Uh, what information do I want to come out? Is it information that needs to come out of my mouth? If I'm having a conversation with somebody and it gets aggressive or argumentative, do I want to step away from that, be quiet, or do I, do I want to win? And if you want to win an argument, uh, there's plenty of ways to do that. But the question would be why? Uh, if there's, and this is a great quote, goes like this, a person convinced against their will is of the same opinion still. <laughs> so you might win the argument and you might get your point across and the other person might not have anything else to say, but uh, does it really mean that you change their mind? If you do want to change their mind, you do want to add information to somebody's life that could make their life better, how do you do that without causing an argument? So there's a lot of things that, uh, for me, communication is just such a special, exciting, interesting web of different things to consider. But there are some really awesome tools that, because I study communication, because I want to... And that's probably the underlying question. Do you want to be able to communicate effectively? Do you want to be able to get your message across? And if you do want to get your message across, how do you do that? So there are behavioral scientists, there are psychologists and psychiatrists, uh, neuro-linguistic programmingists. I don't think there's such a word, but there's a, the study of excellence in communication. And there's the people who you meet who you really want to talk to and they're really interesting to, to invest time with. And there's other people that you go, no, nah, don't want to spend too much time there. So why is that? So when you have a look at all of those uh, different experts in the area of communication, uh, what do you do to make sure that you're communicating effectively? And that's what I've always wanted to do. So... From a business point of view, if you are uh, aiming to have a great career path, if you're a parent, if you're a teacher, if you're a coach, if you've got to get information across, how do you do that without confrontation, without argument, and do you actually need to get your point across? So the first question is that, what, do I, what am I opening my mouth for? Am I opening my mouth to add value? And if I'm opening my mouth to argue, I'm opening my mouth to get into a disagreement, is it possible that I have to understand the consequences of that? So if I go into a conversation trying to get my point across, do I need to accept the fact that the other person might have a different point of view to me and that we might get into an argument? So that's a really great fundamental question. Do I want to get into this conversation? 
you might be in a, a situation where you have to. So you've got to deliver information to people. It might be because you, you are a coach, uh, a parent, a teacher. Uh, you might be a preacher, a boss. You've got to deliver information. Uh, and it could, oh, there's a better question. Is it possible that whatever information you deliver, there will be people that disagree with you? So what do you do if they then start to argue? So the first question is this. Is it better, if you want to get your point across, to deliver information, preach, teach, tell, talk, or could it be better to ask questions? And that in itself is a communication tool, and it's it's something I'm really conscious of all the time. If I make a statement, is it possible that the other person can can automatically disagree? Because I've, I've, I've laid something down, the person then can either agree or disagree. And I have to accept that they're going to dis- they could disagree if I make a statement. But if I ask a question, what happens then to our ability to communicate without argument? And I, it's just a really special tool that I've been given, and I, I would like to give it to you as a gift. I've ne- not very met very many people who are very good at this because we often, uh, have you noticed, we're, that most people deliver information. But if somebody asks me a question, and this goes to the fundamentals of, of humankind, of human behaviour. When we were little kids, when we first started to learn how to talk, uh, our whoever taught us uh, said to us, answer the question. If somebody asks you a question, you need to answer the question. It's kind of like a programming of human behaviour. Ask a question, give an answer, ask a question, give an answer. And you might even remember when you were a kid and your parents might have said to you, the lady's asked you a question, answer her question. Uh, so we, we are designed as humans to answer a question, which means then in communication, could it be possible that we could use that as a very effective tool so that if we ask a question, the person's going to have to answer the question. If somebody asks me a question, which is the reverse of that, I'm also programmed as a human to answer the question. But (laughs) could that get me into trouble? And from a communication point of view, there's that really special question, which is, why did you ask me the question? So if you want to pop that into your toolbox, it could be very helpful. And I would go one step further and say, if it's in your toolbox and somebody asks you a question, could it be a good idea to ask that question every time? Why did you ask me the question? Is it possible that a lot of arguments start because somebody makes a statement, you're not sure why they made that statement, or somebody asks you a question and you're not sure why why they asked you the question, so you respond based on what you think, and that's how the argument starts. So if somebody says to you anything (laughs) in a question format, Our natural behavior as a human is to answer the question, yeah? But what if we don't? What if we simply respond with, great question, why did you ask me the question? Is it possible that we might learn more about whatever that person wants to deliver to us so that we can actually communicate more effectively? So number one is every time you go to make a statement, what if you think in your headspace, How can I turn this into a question rather than a statement? Uh, Is it possible that if you are constantly thinking about how do I turn this statement into a question, that you would then have to stop and think, which means your communication would slow down? 
Uh, is it possible that a lot of arguments start because we respond or react, respond or react, respond or react really quickly without giving it any thought? So if you don't want to have arguments with people and you don't want to have confrontation and you do want to get your point across, could it be a really good idea rather than make statements to ask questions? And then if somebody asks you a question, respond with, great question, why did you ask me that question and could that give you more information? So there's two things there. The, the, the two parts is questions versus statements and if somebody asks you a question, why did you ask me that question? Uh, if we are constantly thinking about how can I turn this into a question, and I'll use some examples. If you're a parent, a teacher, a coach, you're in education, you want to get your point across. Uh, if we go with the uh, human behavior that whatever we say, people could disagree with, if I ask a question, am I getting the other person to think and remember the human behavior for them is that they need to respond or they'll feel like they need to answer the question versus statements mean, oh, well, I want to disagree with you. So, and I'll use my, as an exercise professional, I'll use some interesting examples. I could tell somebody that that's a dangerous exercise. I could say, don't do that, it's a bad exercise. But I don't know that that person, they might be in love with that exercise, it might be their favorite exercise, they might have been doing it for the last 25 years and it's never hurt them. And because I've made a statement, they then go, boom, and argument happens because they're going to disagree with me. Well, what? It's not, a, it's not a dangerous exercise. I've been doing this for the last 25 years. hasn't hurt me. Look at the size of my muscles. Look at my ribbed abdominals. This is a great exercise. And now if I disagree with that, we're in an argument. Uh, I'll just go as a simple separate side note. <laughs> Could life be just too bloody short to get into arguments like that? If somebody really loves to do an exercise, why not just let them do it? So if you don't, if, and I'll rephrase that because often when you see somebody doing an exercise that you think might hurt them, you want to tell them don't do that because you think it might hurt them. But the example I always use is if you see somebody smoking or taking drugs or, or doing something dangerous, you probably, particularly if you're a parent or a coach or a teacher, you'll probably want to say don't do that, it's going to hurt you. But again, as soon as I say, don't do that, I've got a statement. And if the person really wants to be doing that, I might get into an argument. And if you go up to somebody who's a smoker, for example, and you say, don't smoke, it's bad for you. Is it possible that that could be quite an interesting argument? <laughs> and does that adult have the right to smoke? Uh, and that's probably the really interesting question. Whatever people are doing, do they have the right to do it? Now, I, I get that you might really care about them and you want you don't want them to smoke or you don't want them to drink too much or you don't want them to take drugs. But that again, that statement, preach, teach, tell, often creates a barrier and often creates an argument. Uh, I've got a, a really special tool that was given to me a very long time ago. And again, I, I use the study of communication as far as as being a human, as a study of excellence. Why is it that some people have really successful lives? Why is it that some people have really successful relationships, loving, caring, beautiful relationships, and other people don't? And it seems a bit obvious to me from study that uh, is it possible that the people who have great relationships are the, one who are the ones who are great at communicating? So here's this special tool that I learned a long time ago. Uh, most arguments end in, you just don't understand. And that's probably true yeah if I've got a husband and wife having an argument or a male and female having an argument uh, what 
as a female, how the hell would I know what's going through a man's mind? I don't understand. I'm a female. He doesn't understand me because he's a male and I'm a female. So, and I'll use that example. If a man says to me, oh, Rowie, I completely understand how you feel. Uh, that's a little bit confrontational, yeah? <laughs> because how could a man possibly understand how a woman feels? The genetics are different. The, the emotions are different. The brain wiring's different. Uh, if I've got a, a parent and child arguing, uh, is it possible that the child thinks, well, the parent just doesn't understand and the parent thinks that they completely understand because they've been a child before? So this special tool goes like this. I don't understand, but I want to. So please talk to me, please explain. Uh, and notice what happened to the tone of my voice and the speed of my speaking. So if you've got two people arguing, so now we're at the point where uh, if, you, if you happen to get into an argument and it's at that point where you just don't understand or you can feel it heading that direction, could it be a really good idea to, to calm the whole thing down with that beautiful, and this is a statement, but do it really with, with respect and, and humbleness and, and, uh, and style and grace. Uh, I love all of those words. Uh, I don't understand, but because I care about you, I want to, so please explain. Uh, can you imagine what it would be like? Just think about this. In any conversation you've ever had where it's got into an argumentative or got to the argumentative stage or there's people yelling and screaming and one of those people, and I don't know, uh, <laughs> I'll rephrase, uh, depends on how much you care about the other person, I get that, and how much you want to get your point across, but when you've got two people screaming at each other or two people arguing, how many points are getting across? Don't we just have a, just a clash rather than an exchange of information? So if, I've, if, I'm, if there's two people yelling and one person says really beautifully and calmly, hey, you're right, I don't understand, but I want to, so please explain, please talk to me. And the second part of that, of course, is uh, you have to be very unselfish, yeah? Uh, if you want to get your point across, uh, is it possible that you have to listen to the other person's point of view first? It's one of those uh, seven habits of highly effective people that suggests uh, seek first to understand before you seek to be understood. So if you don't want to have a fight, the question is this. If you don't want to have a punch up, if you don't want to have a fight, if you don't want it to turn into some kind of serious argument, how about this? I don't understand, but I, I want to. I care about you. If it's your partner or somebody that you really do love, you're exactly right. I don't understand. You're a bloke. I'm a female. How could I possibly understand? I'm the parent. You're, you're, you're my, my child. I love you, but I don't understand what you're going through. The reverse of that, and I've seen teenagers do this really effectively, uh, I, I don't understand, I've never been a parent before, I don't know where you're coming from because I'm a teenager, but you're my mum and I love you so please talk to me and help me understand where you're coming from. Is it possible that if you use that, it's a beautiful system, ask questions rather than make statements, and if you ever get into a situation where there's an argument, how about, and I'll take a step back, is it possible that if you... Uh, make or ask questions rather than make statements you might never get into an argument but if you ever get stuck in an argument situation I don't understand but I want to. The next part of that of course is if people are trying to pick an argument with you 
And have you noticed that that seems to happen quite regularly lately? It might be on social media, it might be a, some kind of post and people just, is it, does it seem that people are trying to, or they make statements to try and press your buttons? <laughs> and I always ask this question, uh, if, if there's a button to be pressed, it means that there must be a wire at the back of it connecting that button to some kind of electrical impulse. So somebody presses your button and you go, Zzz, then obviously there's, there's a connection there, an emotional connection that you have now responded to their button pressing. So here's a great question. What if you disconnect the wiring? So if somebody's trying to press your buttons, how about Zzz, cut off the wire and go into logical brain rather than emotional brain. And again, if somebody's yelling at you, uh, you could yell back, but where is that going to get you? So how about this? I don't understand, but I'd love to. So please tell me what's going on with you. Or could be one response. Somebody calls you an idiot. You're right. I have been an idiot many times in my life. Please explain to me why this time in particular I've been an idiot so I don't keep doing it. If somebody attacks you, accuses you, uh, if you disagree, is it possible now we've got a clash, we've got an argument? What if you just choose to agree? doesn't matter what they say. And I know if you've got a, a challenge with, uh, oh, I need to be respected and I need people to treat me right and I need to be right, this could be quite challenging. But the question I ask is this, why do you need to be right? If you've got an idiot accusing you of something and what they're accusing you of is completely wrong, do you have to disagree? Why not just agree? What would happen to the tension? What would happen to the challenge if you just said, yeah, you're right. I agree. I did. I was wrong. I did that wrong. I said that wrong. I shouldn't have done that. I am an idiot. Please tell me why. Uh, the diffusing, the disconnecting of the I'm trying to rile you up, make you angry, have a fight with you. Uh, and I, I just again as another side note, if you if you've ever met this these kind of people, sometimes people who are trying to make you angry and they want to have a fight. If you don't fight, they get even angrier. <laughs> uh, they want you to get angry as they are, so they keep pushing you. And if you keep backing, and I'm not talking about backing down and letting somebody walk over you. But is it possible that if somebody's trying to annoy you, if you don't let them annoy you, then could you be the person that, that is actually the winner in that situation? If someone's trying to hurt you and you get hurt, who won? If somebody's trying to make you angry and you get angry, who won? If somebody's trying to make you angry and you stay happy, ha ha ha, they will probably get angrier. But you're the person that gets to decide how you respond or react to any situation. So will there be people who try and make you angry? Of course. Will there be people that try and have an argument with you? Of course. Will there be people that criticize you, say negative things about you, pull you down? I'd like to say of course, but if you don't do anything, if you don't stand out from the crowd, if you just blend in with what everybody's doing, you might get away, of, away with living a life where nobody tries to pull you down. But if you've got anything going on in your life right now where you want to add value to the world, if you want to achieve something, if you want to uh, have a successful business, a successful career, anything that involves standing out from the crowd, is it possible that there will be people who try and push your buttons, push, pull you down, 
talk negatively about you, criticize you. And every every single person that's ever done anything with their life, whether it's been sport or music or business or created something, invented something, people that are beautiful, people that, it doesn't matter. Anybody that has stood out from the crowd will share with you very either passionately and happily or very disappointed that they've got people that try and pull them down, criticize them, uh, gossip about them, say horrible things about them. So rather than getting into an argument, and this is a really interesting situation now because if somebody says something nasty about you on social media or they post something nasty about you or they try and engage you in in argument on, on social media just in words, my question is always this, why would you engage in that? Uh, if what kind of person says nasty things about anybody on social media? What kind of person does that? And if you respond to that or react even worse, remember reaction is something that if you take a medicine and you react, you react to it, that's not a good thing. If you get uh, if you get stung by something and you react to it, that's not a good thing. If somebody tries to sting you with words and you react, <laughs> is it possible now that you've got two idiots arguing? So if there's people trying to engage you in horrible conversation, why would you do that? If there's somebody trying to argue with you, why would you do that? So if I wrap all of that up in a very simple, special communication package, and if I could give this to everybody in a pretty pink box, I would. If you're the kind of person like me who doesn't want to have argument, if you don't like confrontation, uh, you enjoy conversation without arguing, then before you open your mouth to speak, could it be a really good idea just to think to yourself, hmm, what I'm about to say, is it going to add value? Just by doing that, is it possible that your conversation will slow down? If you're giving thought to the information that comes out of your mouth, is it possible that better stuff will come out of your mouth because you're actually thinking about it? Have you ever uh, felt words coming out your mouth and you thought, I wish I could take those back as they're coming out? Well, is it possible that if we're thinking about what we're going to say before we say it, that we might say less stupid stuff? (laughs) Uh, If somebody's trying to attack you, bully you, pull you down, say negative things about you, uh, why would you engage in that conversation? And if somebody's actually got the guts to come to your face and do it, so on social media, why would you engage? But if somebody actually has the courage to come to your face and attack you with words, and of course there's a whole different thing when it's physical, uh, but if somebody attacks you with words, if you pour petrol onto that fire, what's going to happen? So I'm a big fan of somebody calls me an idiot and I say, I'm happy to say yes I am many times in my life. I've been a huge idiot. You're a dickhead. Yes, many times in my life I have been. I don't like you. Yeah, there's been plenty of times in my life that I haven't liked me either. Why particularly today do you not like me? Uh, And is it possible that that could diffuse the situation? Then if you feel that you've got into some kind of argument, that special tool that goes like this, hey, I don't understand what's going on here, but I care about you. Uh, you're important to me. I love you. I do, un- I do want to understand where you're coming from. So please talk to me. Notice, again, my voice came down. The speed of my words came down. You've got to be genuine with that, though. Uh, and you'll find that somebody that's angry, if you're being genuinely caring and gracious and kind and the other person still stays angry... Could that be a great opportunity for you to perhaps step out of that relationship 
um, not invest time with that person or waste time with that person anymore? Could it be time to cut that, that relationship off? If you have an argument with somebody and it's it, there's a yelling going on and you beautifully say, look, I don't understand what's going on here, but I really care about you. So please, can we, can we just quietly, can you share with me what's going on so I can understand where you're coming from? And that person still stays angry, then really interesting to take note of. But I will share with you very personally, this very specific communication tool, I've had many, many hundreds if not thousands of people share with me how effective it's been in their personal relationships uh, with the boss and an employee, with a parent and, and a child. I had a beautiful story of a mum who shared with me that she was constantly fighting with her teenage daughter and she said, Rowie, I would just try and get my point across because I'm the mother and she should listen until on your advice I suggested to my own self that I want, I love my daughter and I, I don't understand where she's coming from because I'm not a teenager anymore. So I said that to her when we're, when we're in an argument. I said, sweetheart, I don't understand where you're coming from. I'm the mum, you're the daughter. But because I love you, I want to understand, so please talk to me. And she said it's been the most effective tool. And as she shared that with me, she had tears coming out of her eyes because she had been, in her own words, destroying her relationship with her own teenage daughter. And she said, that simple tool, I felt like I was now building back my relationship with my daughter. Uh, last but not least, as an exercise professional, as a parent, a teacher, a coach, somebody who delivers information, uh, I'm sure you watch this as much as I do, where people deliver information in the format of preaching, teaching, telling, uh, presenting, lecturing, coaching. People talk a lot, yeah? If I deliver information and I'll go back to don't do that exercise, it's dangerous, versus if there was a safer, better, more effective way to do that exercise, is that something that you like to chat about? Uh, if I ask that simple question, uh, I'll find out pretty quickly, yeah, whether that person actually wants some help with the exercise or whether they think that that's a perfectly safe exercise. Uh, and I'm also planting the seed there that if there was a safer, effective, quicker way to do that exercise and get the same result, or if there was a safer, better exercise to get the same result, is that something that you'd like to chat about? Even if they're not interested today, uh, if you think that's a really dangerous exercise and it will injure them at some stage, is there a possibility then that at some stage it will hurt them? Uh, and then they will remember that lady that came up to me in the gym. She said that there was a better way to do this exercise or there was a better exercise than the one I was doing to get the same result. Uh, it's called building relationships rather than breaking them down. So if you're delivering information about food, about exercise, about financial planning, parenting, whatever it is that you're passionate about and you really want people to have to be better parents or to have healthier, fitter, strong bodies or to be better with their money or whatever it is, is it possible that if we preach, teach, tell that people could disagree with us? But if we ask questions, remember that human response, which is if somebody asks me a question, I have to answer the question. Now, they might not answer it to you directly because they might be doing this. They might be watching a video. But is it possible that if you ask a question, that people then have to come up with the answer in their own head? Then the last part of that tool, very effective tool of asking questions, is alternative questions. So again, I'll use example with exercise. Out of the three best exercises for your legs, 
or the three best exercises that use the most muscles in your body, squats, lunges, or deadlifts, which do you prefer? So I'm still asking a question, but it's a very specific question, which leads to a much better outcome than, don't do that exercise, it's dangerous, or which exercise would you like to do? Because if you ask a very broad question and you don't know the answer to the question, someone might give you an answer that they they share with you, well, I think I should do this weird, wonderful exercise and it's actually going to hurt their knee or hurt their back. But if you give people an alternative, and in sales they call it an alternative close, so would you prefer this one or this one? Uh, (laughs) I've got a lot of parents who share with me. Now, I'm not a parent, but I love it when I hear stuff like this. So between eating your dinner, having a shower and cleaning your room, which one do you want to do first? So I'm giving their responsibility. The answer still goes to, I I still get to make the decision. (laughs) As a child, I still get to make the decision. But the parent's given a really great alternative close. So would you like to have dinner? Would you like to clean your room? Would you like to have a shower? Which do you prefer to do first? So they obviously all have to be done, but which would you prefer to do first? Because I'm giving the control to you. And it's a, a beautiful way to make people feel special. Another thing I often uh, I share and have been has shared with me, I have a lot of school teachers that don't like me very much, uh, pretty much on site, because I'll go into a classroom. I have invested a lot of my career path going to schools, chatting with teachers and with, with school students. And often I'll walk into a classroom and talk to five-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 15-year-olds, and I I get on with them really well straight away. And a lot of teachers have shared with me uh, either aggressively or just loud enough for me to hear (laughs) behind my back, uh, who does she think she is talking to those kids like they're adults? And that's a a really interesting question. Uh, What if we treat everybody as they're important? What if we treat everybody that they add value to our lives? What if we treat everybody like they are valuable. Uh, One of the things that I used to get really cranky about when I was a kid was I felt like I was an adult. I can't remember when I turned into an adult, but I remember being, I don't know, six, seven, eight years of age and being told what to do. But I was very mature, just ask me. And I really loved the people that treated me like an adult. And I'll, I'll rephrase that. People who treated me respectfully rather than don't do that or you have to do what I tell you because I'm the adult and you're the child. It was really nice to have conversations with people that treated me like I had a brain of my own. Uh, And maybe that's why this has been such a drive for me as I've grown up, uh, now that I'm a mature woman, uh, that I've wanted to communicate effectively. And I share with you a lot of of little, when I say little humans, uh, five, six, seven, ten, fifteen-year-olds when I've gone to high schools, have shared with me that they just love love chatting to me uh, and if I ask why, because I always do, because you listen, because you ask me questions, because you seem to genuinely care. And that's probably the ultimate communication tool, isn't it? Before you open your mouth to speak, why am I going to speak? Will it add value? Could it be better for me to ask a question rather than make a statement? If I want to deliver great information to the world about exercise, about food, about how to be healthy, about how to be financially planned, how to have a great career, how to be a great parent, all the things that people deliver information about, could it be a really good idea to deliver it in the form of a question so that people can come up with their own answers rather than being told what to do? And is it possible that if people are told what to do, they're more likely to either disagree with it or not do it? 
But if I give people the option of this is a great, this is this could be a great idea for you. What do you think? This could work for you. What do you think? One of my favorite questions when it comes to food and exercise. If you were your own high performance eating and exercise coach, what advice would you give yourself? Now, having been an exercise professional for more than forty years, uh, and yeah, I've got a big long list of, of I'm highly qualified. <laughs> I'm not. I've got bits of paper to say that I'm highly qualified, but every person's a unique individual, and I'd like to find out about each individual before I deliver information, and now I've learned not to deliver information, but to ask questions and find out about the person. Could it be easier to plan an exercise program, help people get healthy, fit, and strong if we know all about them, and how do we get to know them if we tell them what to do, if we preach at them, teach at them? Um... <laughs> there's so much of that going on isn't there on social media you just have to open up any video and it's somebody telling you what to do what to eat and what not to eat and can't have mustn't have don't have shouldn't have what if i get to know people personally and then i can find out what's going to be important to them i can find out what's going to add value to their life and how could i find out if i don't ask questions so could it be a really good idea to ask questions rather than deliver statements? Could it be a really good idea to find out about somebody, seek first to understand before we seek to be understood? You need to understand me. How about the opposite? I don't understand, but I want to. And I will share finally this beautiful story, and I often share it. I had a lady come to my health club uh, nine times before she ever came in the door. And the reason I know that is because she did share that with us. She said there was, I, I came as I came to the health club or tried to get to the health club eight times before I had the courage to walk in the door. And she taught me so much about communication. But the biggest thing she taught me is that we never know the reasons why people are doing something. And unless we ask, and I think it's one of the, the biggest mistakes we make as exercise professionals, parents, teachers, coaches, is we assume because we've got knowledge, because we've lived a life, because we've got experience, we assume. And this particular lady, was uh, she was 120 kilos and only five foot tall. And when that kind of person comes to a health club, we often think, well, they must be here to lose weight. And I know what that feels like because I've walked into a health club before where somebody said to me, you're obviously here to lose weight. And that was the first thing they said to me. Obviously, not particularly good at asking questions, yeah. Uh, so with this beautiful lady, the the question was, why are you here? What would you like to achieve? And she said, my goal is to be able to stand up long enough to do my ironing. Uh, and whew, <laughs> that's a whole different story than losing weight. Uh, she shared with me very aggressively at one stage that the person that I had um, given her as an exercise professional to look after her was a complete and utter idiot, Rowie. Because this, the, the trainer that I had given her to look after her had said to this beautiful woman who was five foot tall and 120 kilos, uh, I'm overweight too, so I completely understand how you feel. And the girl that said that was 80 kilos. And I will ask this very, very specific question. If you're 120 kilos and you're in a room with somebody that's 80 kilos, what could... Is it possible that your goal could be to be 80 kilos? There's a big difference between 120 and 80. I know that we weren't, they weren't weighing each other, but this was a particularly large lady, and this, in comparison, was not a particularly large lady. But this person said, I completely understand how you feel, 
because I'm overweight too. I've got to tell you, that caused quite an argument. <laughs> uh, all that required was I don't understand how you feel. I've never been in your situation. I'm not you. But I do genuinely care about helping people. So please talk to me. Please explain. And could that be a really special way to avoid all arguments? I don't understand how you're feeling, but I want to. So please talk to me. Please explain.